0: Hi everyone, today's podcast is going to look at the topic of race and ethnicity. I'm really sorry that it's a little delayed. Obviously, I've had an extremely busy week marking. I'm going to start today by defining these concepts of race and ethnicity. And after that, I will discuss the history of race and its connection to racism, as I think this is one thing that our unit doesn't really go into sufficient depth about. Race historically has been defined, first and foremost, as the physical characteristics which supposedly differentiate individuals or social groups from each other. Indeed, race historically has been used as a tool to articulate the idea that there's a hierarchy of humanity, with certain races being supposedly naturally superior to others, and certain races being obviously naturally inferior to others. So. Race, as a consequence, is very much connected to practices of racism, which we can formally define in sociology as a system of prejudice, discrimination, and other forms of social mistreatment on the basis of people's perceived race and racial identity. So the first thing that's important to note here is that sociologists' term race as a hierarchical system of social classification It's a means of describing how different individuals and groups have access to different and unjust levels of power, social status, and material resources in society. Race is a system of social classification because it denies a person's unique individuality by linking their perceived physical characteristics and or their perceived social behaviours, to certain natural, unchangeable features about themselves as persons. And this process, where negative social perceptions, negative social treatment of individuals becomes fixed on the basis of social constructions of our identity, is in turn what sociologists term essentialism. And essentialism is a really powerful vehicle for social control, because it suggests that the characteristics of an individual are applicable to all individuals within a particular group or population. In other words, all members of a racial group must act and think in the same way. There can be no internal diversity between individuals in a racialized group and their behavior, their worldviews are deemed to be identical and unchangeable. The second thing to note about race is that it's a social logical contradiction, it's something which from an objective scientific viewpoint does not exist. We've proven convincingly that it's impossible to divide humanity into distinctive races because we are all members of the homo sapien uh, species and there is remarkably little genetic diversity between us as human beings, but race is something which is real. In the sense that it profoundly shapes up the way that different individuals are socially perceived and treated in society. In other words, while race technically does not exist from a scientific viewpoint, it still deeply shapes everyday life. So in spite of the fact that you the idea that sorry, the idea that you can uh, divide humanity into different races on the basis of their perceived physical characteristics has been scientifically disproven by, via, you know, comprehensive research into the human genome. Historically and today, race continues to be a tool through which you can justify, rationalize, and legitimate practices of discrimination, exclusion, and even extermination in order to protect and advance the interests of socially privileged groups in society. Ethnicity, on the other hand, refers to people's cultural identity and people's ancestral connections. It includes a wide range of features, including shared languages, customs and traditions, connections to specific places, and collections of social norms, values and beliefs. The key point to understand about ethnicity is that it's also social construction, and it also deeply shapes people's affirmed identities, how people perceive themselves, as well as their ascribed identities, the way in which others socially perceive and treat us in society on the basis of our uh, perceived identities. So, given this outline of the two concepts of race and ethnicity, I think I'd rather spend the rest of the time on the podcast discussing the evolution. Of racism in society. This is something which we didn't really dwell on in our unit lectures or tutorials but it obviously is incredibly important. I also can't pretend to do justice to the depth, the complexity, the breadth of the topic and as well as its um, moral kind of urgency. So I've got to be extremely selective about what I say and what I don't say. But hopefully you'll find this interesting and sort of like a a first staging post for you doing your own research. So, to begin with, the first thing we can appreciate is that historically, nearly all societies throughout human history have created systems to divide insiders from outsiders and to use these constructions to justify all kinds of social injustices in society, but what is interesting about race as a system of ideas is that, one, it's relatively recent from a historical viewpoint, and it it took centuries for it to develop as we understand it today, and these facts explain why, contrary to the idea that we live in a post-racial society, this is a message we continually hear in popular culture. Race continues to be hugely powerful in contemporary society in terms of how it shapes people's life chances and their life choices. So the first noteworthy starting point for the development of contemporary racism in society arguably were the practices of discrimination and outright violence committed against Europe's Jewish minority because I personally see racism as very much a European creation. It's during the late 13th, 14th, 15th centuries that we see this growing articulation of the view that religious and ethnic identity was non-changeable, and that if you belong to religious or ethnic group, you possess certain fixed characteristics, behavioural characteristics. This idea was expressed in Christian religious doctrine by the term the great chain of being, which basically stated that God has, has created a fixed and perfect social and natural hierarchy of being, of life, with people occupying different social roles or statuses on the basis of their social positioning in society. So if we look at the Spanish Inquisition, for example, obviously in Spain, special courts were created... Um, During the era of the Spanish Inquisition to determine whether individuals were genealogically, biologically, one quarter, one sixteenth, or even one thirty-second Jewish, in order to hunt out Jewish people who were pretending supposedly to be Christian after Judaism and Islam were legally forbidden when the Spanish ousted the Moors from Spain in 1492. And this is a really important moment in racism because there was this really explicit articulation of the idea that being of Jewish ancestry would essentially contaminate the purity of Christian baptism and the grace of consequent generations in Spain. So, another really important moment that led to the development of racism was the so-called discovery of the Americas and the creation of incredibly brutal colonial empires by Spain and Portugal in the in the so-called New World. Faced with confronting huge cultural difference, Christian scholars started to divide different levels of humanity on the basis of whether they were savage or non-savage or barbarian and non-barbarian. What they did was to position indigenous cultural beliefs, norms, and values being naturally inferior to the beliefs, the norms, and values of European Christianity. And of course, this was incredibly self-serving. If you want to loot uh, the newly conquered uh, societies of their natural wealth, if you want to enslave and exterminate its people, then These ideas provide a sort of moral rationale, moral justification for your own immoral actions. So this idea of civilizational superiority was an extremely useful fiction. That served to justify colonial practices such as slavery, mass genocide in the so-called New World. And interestingly, this basic idea of civilizational superiority of Europe was further refined in the 19th century as we saw the colonialization of Africa particularly intensifying from the 17 uh, sorry the 1870s onwards, whereby you see this hypocritical and convenient fiction of the white man's burden being created, which basically said colonists, white colonists are doing the indigenous people of Africa a favor by exploiting their labor and looting their natural resources and exterminating them. Lastly, racism was justified through Christian thought by the idea of polygenesis, the idea that humanity supposedly descended from multiple lineages, which actually went against centuries of Christian tradition that stressed that humanity shared universal features because all people were creations of God. But this idea of polygenesis proved to be very, very important because it opened the way for two discourses of colonialism in the 19th century. The first, which asserted that we can so called scientifically establish a hierarchy of humanity, and the other discourse, which stressed that societies progress in different stages of civilizational development, with European civilization supposedly constituting the highest reach of civilization these ideas were further complemented by corrupting the scientific ideas of Charles Darwin, whose thought was used to abuse, um, pardon me, whose thinking was abused to justify the claim that societies operate on principles of natural selection, they're governed by principles of competition and fitness, and hence the kind of racial and colonial domination that occurred, um, in Africa in particular, was perfectly natural and inevitable. So it was the idea that basically weaker races were inevitably going to die out. They were bound to be conquered by the stronger races. And it was also a very useful fiction because it allowed European colonists to claim that indigenous societies were basically too primitive to govern themselves or to claim that because they lacked European systems of law and governance, such as systems of private property ownership, as we saw in Australia with the doctrine of terra nullius, their land, their resources could be legitimately looted from them. These ideas of uh, natural hierarchy were used for other purposes too. For example, to justify segregation in the United States, for example even after slavery was abolished after the American Civil War, or to ground the arguments of the eugenics movement in the late 19th and early 20th centuries to forcibly sterilize certain groups of people, or to encourage selective breeding of certain populations. So, for example, Nazi Germany had a selective breeding program, which was designed supposedly to breed a new generation of perfect Aryans. Now, what is interesting about contemporary forms of racism is that we live in an era where racism as a scientific doctrine has been thoroughly discredited, as I was mentioning before, by advances advances in the sciences as well as popular revulsion about the horrors caused by racism in society. For instance, the horror and the disgust triggered by the Nuremberg trials after World War II, which exposed the horrors of the Holocaust. But even though racism has been thoroughly scientifically discredited in society, it's been delegitimated as a biological reality, race still profoundly shapes the access people possess to key social resources and goods like education, health, the capacity to live in a safe environment, social prestige, so on and so forth. And obviously, race still deeply pervades political life, as we've seen this week, you could argue, with some of the coalition's proposed new policies and people's everyday thoughts and behaviours. Even if they're not consciously aware that their behaviour is stemming from internalised racism. And this has led some sociologists to argue that contemporary racism has shifted away from grounding its beliefs in biology, but towards culture and the expressed desire to supposedly protect a society's cultural identity from outsiders. This is typically achieved in a number of ways, but we can see this happening quite consistently in far-right political discourse, for example, through the creation of conspiracy stories, the assertion of bullshit stories that white majorities are in fact victims of racism, for example, through affirmative action policies, and the assertion that different cultures are fundamentally incompatible with each other and that they're trapped in uh, intractable conflict with each other. The problem with this new form of racism is that it often uses the subtle language of democratic ideals, for example, proclaiming to believe in equality, to actually advocate ideas that are really, at their heart, anti-democratic. Another key focus of contemporary theories of race, just to sum up, is not just interpersonal racism, but institutional kinds of racism, whereby racism is either subtly integrated into the everyday workings of institutions, such as by unconscious or conscious bias in the promotion of or lack of promotion of racial minorities into senior leadership roles. Or a culture of tolerance for casual racial sentiments, or in institutional arrangements which are racist by their design. So you can think of, um, you know, problems which we're seeing in the United States, for example, with its police force, um, as the Black Life Matters movement has been trying to illustrate. So, guys, that is it for today. I hope you found that podcast useful, uh, covering a slightly different angle, perhaps, what you've kind of encountered in your lectures and tutorials. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, I hope you found it um, useful. Have a good week.